for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle, joining us today in the co-host chair, the guest co-host for today, yes. is uh, one of the co-hosts from the Dad Rock podcast, which I was a guest on once. I had a great time, and I got a, a lot of emails uh, about that episode. People really, really enjoyed uh, that episode. So... Good on you guys. But uh, sitting uh, sitting across from me today is Jim Lenahan. Am I saying that correctly? You are. Uh, and thanks for having me. And th- thanks for being on our show before. And thanks for having me here. You're welcome. I am very excited. I love to talk music mm-hmm. with anyone who will listen. And so I have you. Now you have to listen. I have to right? listen. Because <laughs> this is what you do. And not like most people who try to, you know, awkwardly. You know, right. Get out of the conversation, right? So <laughs> they're like, "Okay, hey Jim, it was great talking to you, but I gotta go over here." And you're yeah. like, "No, but we're talking about violent femmes." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, when I was on your show, I said, "Hey, if you're ever in LA, you know, come be a guest on the show." I yes. didn't, Jim. I didn't mean that. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I'm getting an email saying, "Hey, I'm going to be in LA," and I was like, "Damn it, I yeah. gotta do it now." Um, now uh, I, you only co-host uh, podcasts about music with co-hosts that are named Patrick. Is That's that correct? correct. That is absolutely correct. So. Your, your co-host on Dad Rock is Patrick Foster. That's right. Now, how did you guys, are you guys, were you guys friends before this podcast? How did this happen? How did you guys decide to do a podcast? So it's a funny thing because, um, I, I don't know what your experience is like, mm-hmm. but when you get to be older, when you get to be middle-aged, yes. a mature seasoned person, you lose you don't talk about music with your peers very often, mm-hmm. I've found, because most people sort of drop out yeah. at some point, right? And so I would, you know, just kind of assume, I just kind of lived under this assumption like nobody really cares about <laughs> music anymore except right. me. Like I'm the oddball, right. I'm the weirdo. And then, um, so I would almost never talk with people about it. And so when Patrick and I were both, we're both editors at mm-hmm. USA Today, his desk was, you know, 50 feet away from mine or something like that. Not very far. And we would have pleasant, you know, exchange pleasantries, have yeah. nice little conversations. But I had no idea he was a music fan because I, it just never came up. Like a real, like a music nerd. Yes. We can yes. say that. Oh, That's he fine. Is completely. He's off the charts. He's, <laughs> he's, he's beyond me. So, which is great. But, um, so anyway, one day I noticed on his desk he has a little cardboard stand-up of Elvis Presley. And if you don't mind me, I'm going to interrupt. You guys both work at USA Today. That's right. And you, you're an editor. That's right. Online editor. That's right. And what does Patrick do? Patrick is, he runs a niche website we have called USA Today College. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get it, yeah. get it a little backstory in there. Exactly. So he's got, he's got something on his desk. Yes. Continue. It's a little cardboard cutout stand-up thing of Elvis Presley okay. in the gold LeMay suit, you mm-hmm. know, from the 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong album. And I... And see it there and I say something like are you an Elvis fan and he said oh yeah yeah I, I love Elvis and I was like I am too so then we started talking about that and then we start talking about you know the Rolling Stones okay. and the Kinks and <laughs> you know um, T-Rex and like it just keeps going on and on and we get into like the 80s and we're talking about our love of REM mm-hmm. and the replacements and all this kind of stuff and I was just like 
a kindred spirit right here, and I had no idea. So then, and how long were you guys uh, positioned at these you know, desks near each other? How long were you working? You know, several months, okay. I would say. So then, every day, I wish you would have said twelve years. Yeah, no, never talked. Yeah. <laughs> so then, it's like every day at work, to the annoyance of coworkers. <laughs> We're just, get, we're talk, that's like all we're talking about yeah. is music to the point then where it just became when USA Today, um, around the end of last year, uh, launched a new effort to start really just kind of like start getting into podcasts yeah. at all. And they were looking for ideas. Um, it was just a natural, it was like, we're going to talk about this stuff anyway. They might as well just put microphones in front of our faces right. and let's do it. And so right. that's how, the, that's really how the podcast was launched. At that that's point. great. Yeah. And, um, uh, you guys have 31 episodes so far, and so, and you do some bonus track episodes. That's right. Those are like little short, truncated things where you just uh, talk about whatever. Yeah, so we do our regular weekly episodes. Those post on Fridays. Mm -hmm. yep. Like you said, we're up to 31. We're nowhere near the rock-solid back catalog. But, but you know point. what? You will not believe how quickly that you'll be like... Oh, this is number 100 and this is 150. It's, it goes really fast. It's amazing. I can't believe actually we've been doing it for over six months. You know, yeah. when you start off, you just think like you know, this will go for a little while and we'll see how it goes yeah. or whatever. And it just, you know, it kind of takes over. But anyway, um, so we do the, the weekly episodes. They generally run about an hour and those post every Friday. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the line, we had this idea to do these things called bonus tracks, which is kind of like the, we post them when we have something extra to yeah. talk about. It's usually something that's like timely or in the news that we want to talk about is basically it. Um, and then, you know, and those are like 10, 15 minutes a piece. Right. And then those we kind of just put up Monday, Tuesday, whenever there's a thing that arises. Whenever, because it's a bonus. Yeah. So yeah, if right. someone's looking in their iTunes feed and they're like, oh my God, look, an episode just downloaded. I didn't even know. That's right. It's but, like a surprise. Yeah. But those have become, those have become really fun because um, they're just, sometimes they're like little stories just about, mm -hmm. you know, life or what's going on or we want to talk about, you know, the fact that the president released uh, his own Spotify playlists or whatever, yeah. you know, like things like that, just kind of like whatever. It's more random. It's more like we just think of it that day and we do it. As so there's not, to the regular, not as much preparation right. or anything like that. That's, yeah, right. that's fun. Yeah. Um, cause when you do this show, you have homework, you, you, you have, uh, you have a lot of homework. That's right. <laughs> um, all, and, uh, yeah, your episodes are about 60 minutes, which is actually, I, I think that's really good. We, I can't seem to keep it at that anymore because we're, since uh, since we have rotating co-hosts, you know, it might be a couple weeks since I've seen Christy. So, you know, you want to spend wanna... as much time with that person as possible. Well, I like your show in that way because you can totally like geek out on whatever the yeah. topic is. You know, I, like when you did the one, you ha I can't remember the guy's name, but you had the guest and you guys talked about Tom Petty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, comedian Jeff Tate. Very yes, funny Jeff and Tate. very passionate about Tom Petty. I loved that. I was like... It was at least two hours, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it was, was a little like, longer than two. I was like, keep going. You know, it was just because I love that, you know, to me, that's the greatest thing about music mm -hmm. and why I love it so much more than really like any other um, art form is because you can, you can, you ha it becomes part of your existence almost, yeah. you know what I mean? It, and, and you can totally geek out over it. You mm -hmm. get so passionate about it. And for me as a listener, like something like that with an artist I love, like, you know, I could, you know, we could talk for days. Exactly. About something like that. Well, look, if Peter Bogdanovich can do a four hour plus documentary on Tom Petty, then we can talk about him for That's two right. hours. That's right. 
Uh, Jeff just recently got a tattoo. Uh, there's a logo on the Tom Petty Echo album, and he has that little Echo logo on his arm. He was Jeff cracked me up so bad because like after every album, I'd go, "Okay, scale of one to ten, what's this album?" And he'd be like, "Oh, it's a 10. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it, was just, like, it was so good. But yeah. he did uh, albums that some later albums that I. Uh, I remembered not caring for. I did go back and re-listen because of him. He's like, no, you got to listen to that again. And I did find myself, I, I didn't give them tens, but I definitely upped my ratings on, on uh, a couple of the later albums. Yeah. And I love Tom Petty. Yeah. I don't know that I'd get a tattoo, but I love Tom well, Petty too. No. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? Do you have any ink? Um, yeah. Yo, you do? Yeah. What do you, you don't have to show me. He's taking his pants off, folks. <laughs> there you go. What do you got? There's the extent of it right there. Okay. That's a star. Yeah. And what is that for? I wish I had a great story. It's about not this. a star of David. Well, okay. There's actually kind of a semi-interesting backstory to this. So when I was a young reporter, so mm -hmm. I work in the newspaper industry and yes. I have for 25 years and I started as, you know, the traditional like newspaper reporter in Rockford, Illinois, home okay. of cheap trick. And so almost 25 years ago, probably I was working for the features section of the newspaper there. And I w did a story about, how tattoos at this time, it was like how tattoos are becoming more acceptable, more mainstream, right? This was like <laughs> 25 know. years ago. Yeah. Right. And so I, you know, I interviewed people who work in, you know, offices and things like that and have yeah. tattoos on their arms and that kind of stuff like that was becoming an acceptable thing. So as a little sidebar, I said, I'll get a tattoo and oh, sort cool. of describe the experience of it. Right. And so I got, um, this small little like peace sign okay. with this like little kind of hippie design on it or whatever and wrote about that. And then not too much time passed before I hated it. <laughs> I was just like, this is not me. This is not my, you know, nothing. I'm all for peace, but right. I'm not, you know, this is not really my look. Right. It, maybe it was when I was like in my early twenties, yeah. but you for know, a second, kind of age out of that. So it took me many, many years to get it covered up. But finally, the, the star that I have now was really just an effort to cover it up mm -hmm. with something that was just kind of generic. Yeah. And at the time, since I've, I now live in the Washington, D.C. area, I thought, like, maybe I'll do something that kind of has some tie to, like, where I live. And so it's a star. You're That's very, pretty pa very patriotic. It's a patriotic Jim Lenahan <laughs> yeah. is what we're going to yeah. call you. Um, so that's what I was going to ask you. You're based out of, uh, you guys are in D.C. Yes, we're actually in the D.C. suburbs of northern Virginia. Okay. Um, but yeah, in the DC area, uh, married. Yes. Children. Well, it's called dad rock. Oh, that's so, true. Um, so I have two kids. How old are your kids? If you don't, if, unless you don't uh, want to talk about your kids. I'll talk about my kids all day. So uh, this is, I mean, I love to talk about my kids. Right, Again, cool. it's a thing that nobody wants to listen to. No, no, no. You know, to talk about they want to talk about their cats and dogs, that's but right. not their children. The thing about having kids is everybody wants to talk about their kids and nobody wants to hear about anybody else's that's kids. That's true. Right? That is true. Yeah. Uh, so how, so yeah, anyway, girls so, or boys. So I have a 15 year old daughter. Okay. I have a 14 year old daughter who right. will be 15 in October. There you go. So we're on the same page there. Her name is Mackenzie. And then I have an 11 year old son mm -hmm. and his name is Patrick. And his, I have his wait, hang on. His oh. name is Patrick Francis Lenahan. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. And I love it. You know, but I didn't know you 11 years no, ago. That's so true. It was not named. After and, you. and my youngest, uh, will be 11 in October. So we were right on that. We have the kids right at the same age. Um, are you finding, uh, is your daughter introducing you to music that you didn't, uh, that you didn't know about from Spotify? Is she on spot? That's what my girls are both on Spotify. They don't even know from going out and buying music, really, other than for me, and they think that that's old school. That's right. Um, okay. So, yes, she is on Spotify. Mm -hmm. In fact, she has the um, 
the like real account, the the one, the paid account, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they call that, yes. right? Like I don't have that. I have the free, right? You whatever. know, get the ads, and you can't play it on your phone unless it shuffles and all that stuff. But she has the one that we actually pay for, and then so this is how different it is for kids today than when we were kids. I got her for her birthday like a year's worth of Spotify Premium, and I got her a Bluetooth, like a Sony Bluetooth speaker yeah. that is you know about the size. You know, it's maybe about six inches wide or something yeah. like that, right? And it sounds great. And she just, you know, streams the stuff onto that speaker. It's and a great gift. And that's the entire... And so there's no physical no. music. Nope. There's no stereo nope. like we had. Mm-mm. You know, this is the entire footprint of her musical life is, you know, six inches, six by yeah. two or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like insane. Remember we had you know, a big stereo and albums and like when, all this stuff. When we right? would, when I would pack the car to, to go to college for the, for the, you know, the semester of the year. And I would be taking like these three or four crates of albums that were so fucking heavy. It was crazy. And you'd have a, a receiver turntable. You might have a cassette deck, right? Two gigantic speakers. And then all these albums. And it was ridiculous. Now you now it's all it's in your pocket. It's like futuristic. Oh, it's insane. And she has access to like essentially all the world's music. Yes. And we had to like, you know, save up our money. Save and up our money or go bo- to borrow it from a friend and right. maybe tape it. But And then like I remember you telling stories like you kind of have to sneak it in the house because you don't want your house. parents. You know. But here's the thing, even though I got her this nice speaker, like it was dr- like it was drugs I was bringing in the house. Exactly. An LP an Aerosmith album. Exactly. <sighs> Um, but even though she has this nice Bluetooth speaker and everything, she still just listens to everything on her earbuds. So I have no idea what she's listening to and I probably should be a better father and find out. But, uh, I kind of have this feeling of like, if I, you know, let her be a kid, you know what I mean? So I don't know. But, um, plus I could always go in and through Spotify and see what she's listening to. Uh, when my daughter plays stuff in the car for me, she'll say some of the lyrics are inappropriate. And when she says they're inappropriate, they're not graphic. They're just, they throw an F bomb out. Right. And I'm glad that she thinks that that's inappropriate because, uh, because that's good. <laughs> but I will say that she has zero interest in ever going to a record store with me oh or God. in life. I have to say like, look, I'm just going to swing by CD trader. Yeah. I'm going to go in. It'll be five minutes because I know exactly what I'm going to look for. And then if it's happens to be 10 minutes, they're like, oh, yeah. this is the worst ever. And then I have to promise like, and then we'll go get ice cream and then we'll go get burritos. But it's like, it's like I have to bribe them with food to get them to... To give dad two seconds. It, it's insane. Uh, now, my son, he he kind of likes going to the record store. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of sort of into it. Mm-hmm. Like, he sees that is is a kind of a fun thing to have the physical yeah. stuff. Um, he still is mostly listening to bands that I like. Yeah. You know, he's still like at that age where it's, his favorite band is Foo Fighters, which he got from mm-hmm. me, and he just loves Foo Fighters. We just saw them last week. I, yeah, and how was that? It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Stevie Nicks and Haim. Is it, I, I now is it Haim it. or is it Haim? How do you say that band name? I think it's Haim, but I could be wrong. Okay, Haim. Uh, they joined, uh, her and Dave sang Stop Dragging My Heart Around, and then she sang Gold Dust Woman, and uh, Haim was on backing vocals. Yeah, which also, why were they there? Well, they I think it was kind just of cool. Lucky to be there. It's cool. But Stevie <laughs> Nicks sounded... Phenomenal. Yeah. It was amazing. And then Jack Black came out and sang uh, a couple verses of uh, Tom Sawyer, which was fun. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. yeah. Now, have you seen them on this tour? I saw the first Throne show in D.C. on July 4th. So good. I mean, he's a little more mobile than he he was. I was going to ask, is he still doing that? Yeah, he's still in the throne. He's on the throne, but he he, like stood up. He can stand up on one leg and and he runs 
the guitar on his yeah. cast and stuff. And, so uh, yeah, so we were there when that debuted. Like yeah. we had no idea. We knew he had broken his leg yeah. and what's going to happen yeah. and how is he going to play a show. And then he comes out on this thing and the place just went. And insane. did they have the runway that runs down the middle and then the throne yes. would move the whole way down? Yes. Yeah. He he put on a better show sitting down than so many bands that I see standing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh the whole band was tight. Uh, oh, it's amazing. It was so it was so good. And it was and it was a hometown show. You know, there's all all those guys I think are from basically from LA, you know. And um yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. That's really cool. Did so, not disappoint. So funny, was, so funny thing about that. So, my, so I took my son to that Foo Fighters okay. show, and he had a blast, and he was like so excited the whole day. How old? And, and your son's 11. He's okay. 11. And, and that one in D.C. was, it was basically like a little mini festival. They had like eight bands play before mm-hmm. the Foos wow. came out, because it was a big 4th of July thing. Yeah, yeah. And Dave Grohl's from D.C. area. Yes, so yes, it was yes. like a whole big thing. Um, so my son was like, he was getting really tired as the day was going on, and then he got up for it. But... My daughter did not go. And here's the other thing about her. You know, she's 15, right? Mm-hmm. I invite her to go to shows like that, like Foo Fighters. Yeah. I just went to see Modest Mouse not too long ago. I was like, hey, do you want to come? She was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like thinking to myself, if my parents, you know, back in the 80s yeah. were like going to rock shows of like yeah. current bands like that and yeah. said, do you want to come along? Like my mind would have exploded. My right. head would have exploded. Yeah. Like, you know, but she's like, no, no, yeah. that's okay. My parents didn't go to concerts. No. no. It wasn't even. In I mean, there. could you imagine like your parents going like, "Hey, we're going to go to see Van Halen. You want to come along?" What? <laughs> um, I know it'd be so, crazy. Yeah. Um, who picks the top? When you guys do a topic, who picks it? Is it is? It, do you just throw? Do you throw one out? Hey, want to do this? And then, and then Patrick says, "Sure." Or he, does he ever? Say I make no? him. I make him do the things I want to do. <laughs> um, you know, we both come up with stuff, and mm-hmm. we try to make it so that like it, so that it kind of sort of bounces yeah. out like this is this one was my idea that one was his idea but there's no like you know formal structure to it or anything like that a lot of times it's just kind of based on sometimes it's just based on like the what's timely or what's the calendar right. like we just we did a thing on um born to run because it was mm-hmm. the 40th anniversary right. of that album right so we we look for opportunities like that mm-hmm. and we actually find that we have far more topic ideas than we'll probably ever get to there's so many it's it's endless it's crazy and now we've started doing a lot more interviews so then that takes cool. up an episode yep, that's great you know and then you find that you just have this incredible backlog of stuff right i um i like that you guys uh you guys do individual album episodes sometime yeah we that's, love uh, doing those yeah that's something i would like to to do too and uh, we have a lot we have a lot of crossover on topic yeah ideas because it's you know yeah it's stuff we like so. the other thing that was really surprising so this you know, is a podcast out of USA Today. And mm-hmm. we, um, what we found was, so getting back to where I said, like how I assume that like nobody my age gives a damn about music yeah. anymore, right? Um, actually, we found that since we've been doing it, people are like within our offices come out of the woodwork to talk music now with us, right? Yeah, and we had no idea. And, they, and then they want to tell you about their favorite band and whatever. And then so usually we say like, well, let's just make that a show. So then we'll have somebody else from USA Today as a third voice on yeah. the show and they'll talk like we just had this, one editor and she talked about her love of Wilco. Oh, nice. And we did that for an episode, right? And so we like that because then we get somebody else who's like really passionate about right, right, that right. Band, that's the whatever. best thing. Yeah. When you get someone in the seat uh, that's passionate, like last week our episode was a uh, was an all Paul McCartney um, show, and it was uh, just solo McCartney there, no Beatles, no Wings. And uh, my my guest co host for that was a friend of mine from Chicago, Gwen Ashley, and she. Um, she actually won, uh, uh, she was actually called by Paul McCartney's people to come meet him 
No, it wasn't a contest. They just went through like their log of fan club wow. members, and she was randomly picked. So she had a story about meeting Paul, which was pretty cool. So wow, and she's really super. That's into sort of like meeting Paul the McCartney. Pope or something like that, right now. Be. You know what it I mean? Would be yeah, now, because Paul McCartney's as old as the Pope. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, one question before we get into the, the the show, the music part of the show, is uh, give me name one band who should who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall oh. of Fame that is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you and I discussed this a little bit. Yeah. You were on our show. Yeah. And I know you um, are a big believer in Cheap Trick. Well, yeah, I think, I think they've influenced. I think a lot of bands would tell you, even like the Foo Fighters are, are, would tell you, Cheap Trick has influenced them immensely. I am so. with you 100%. I do not understand why they are not in. It doesn't make it any makes sense no to sense me. It makes no sense to me. And not, not only are they not in, they don't even ever get mentioned. No, like, I don't even think they've been nominated yet it, no. to get in. It's insane. It's because insane. I think as soon as they're nominated, they'll, uh, they'll get in that first year. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hear that it it's is crazy. a highly political thing. But anyway. It doesn't um, seem like they pissed anyone off. We did a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we did a show. So I agree with you on the cheap trick. We did a show actually around the time of mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions this year yeah, where yeah. we each picked four bands that we think should be in. Great topic. Um, I'll do that this year. I would say it's, <laughs> um, uh, I would say of the four that I picked, probably the one that I'm most uh, passionate about would be the Cars. Okay. That I would be that, Christy Stratton. Would I be think sitting on your lap. If you yeah. <laughs> I think the Cars are completely underappreciated. Mm-hmm for the, again, like the influence and impact they yeah. had on pop music at yeah. that time. What they were doing was so different from a lot of other mm-hmm. bands. And they, they were hugely popular. Yeah. I mean, but um, but I think also, you know, very influential. And yeah. I, I totally believe they should be in. I mean, Christy will tell you that if, if Blondie is in, there's no reason the Cars should uh, yeah. be in, too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, find the, I find the Cars albums much more satisfying, top to bottom, listening than I do. I only like, I, I have all the Blondie albums, but I only really like, two of them like as complete albums uh, yeah the um that first cars album is unbelievable it, it doesn't get any better i mean no it doesn't and i'd love the sort of craftsmanship they put into the yeah. music but yet it still has like a great like um feeling and vibe to yeah. it you know what i mean everything about it is really good the only thing i can think of is i guess maybe because their lyrics you know tend to be you know kind of like your basic pop music lyrics about, you know, mm-hmm. love and boys and girls and stuff like that and nothing. There's no depth. But they're really very good. avant-garde lyrics yeah. sometimes yeah. too. Like I'll be like, I don't know what flip Fandango phony means. I don't know what he's talking about there. Yeah. So maybe that's something or maybe, you know, they've never had a reputation as a great live band. So that may be another thing, but I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't it. get it either. Yeah. Okay. Those are good. Two good picks. Cheap trick in the cars. Yep. Kyle, you did a comedy show last week. How did that go? Tell the people how it went. It went well. Did you host the show? I did. So you got to go up between all the comics and be funny. Yeah. Although How was, long until it, they got sick of you? Uh, well, no, it flowed pretty well, so I didn't really have Excellent. to do that much, which is nice. Now, who closed it out? Uh, a guy I know named Rivers Langley. It's very and funny. did you put him at the end because he was the best comic? No, I just did it alphabetical. So he's not a very good comic. <laughs> no, he is. <laughs> okay. You just did it alphabetically. Okay, that's yeah. good. And that was Rivers Cuomo from Weezer <laughs> <Yes>. is <laughs> closed it out. That guy does everything. All right. It's not to, well. Today, <laughs> today's topic is, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of, uh, uh, the today's topic, the show topic is, is uh, side two track one, where Jim and I are going to play our favorite songs that kick off side two of an album and kids right. that's when you had to flip the album over and play the other side that's right sometimes if side one was so good you might not f- even flip it for a while that's right you might just yeah. keep side one on that's right 
But I'm, I, 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 I texted uh, Jim today and asked if he minded if we would do a, uh, a quick new music roundup today. So, Kyle, we're going to do a new music roundup today. New music roundup. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well. Okay. So, yes, go ahead, Jim. There was, there was one last thing I wanted to do before absolutely, you get going on. Absolutely. I, I actually brought you guys gifts from D.C., and I wanted to make sure we got that. Fantastic. I, look, it's a bag of money. <laughs> Those sound like get they're. Some, you know, one thing they tell you in podcasting: get some natural sounds, right? <laughs> so, there we go. Did you travel with these? I did. Oh, awesome. Now, Kyle, so, do you know what this means? Sorry to totally no. break up the flow here of your show, but uh, no, you want to get this. This is a black mug, and in uh, white uh, digital uh, clock radio writing, it says the time nine thirty. Right. What does that mean? So those are from the famed 930 Club mm -hmm. in okay. D.C. That is like the top like sort of live music club in oh, Washington, awesome. D.C., known for many, many years. And um, it's, it's like sort of like, like the best like club in the D.C. area. And so there you go. Would oh, this be awesome. like having Thank a Studio you. 54 mug in 1977? <laughs> is that what that would be like? Or a CBGB's mug? Yes, there you go. Okay, there you go. these are very cool. Thank you very these much, awesome. Jim. Thank you, Jim. Excellent. Kyle, look these up on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always weird getting a gift like when you're on air because like how, 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 how much do you, you know what I mean? You say yeah. thank you, but then how much, you can't go too big with it, but you can't be dismissive with it either. It was, I liked it. I liked it too. Thank you, Jim. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the coffee that you're we have welcome. here in the studio. And I also have to tell you, I was at the, so the reason I'm in LA is I was mm -hmm. at the Online News Association conference, three-day okay. conference, and I went to a couple of podcasting sessions. Oh, nice. And one piece of advice they gave was don't drink coffee when you do a podcast. Oh. Don't drink, it, it messes with your voice. Well, your voice so sounds you great. You, the, the tones sound good today. So that's because he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> so I'm obviously I'm not taking that advice. Sorry for he, your show. He's also snorting whiskey. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna do. You okay. said it would be okay if we did a new music roundup. Go for it. I have uh, I have a uh, couple of tracks here from some uh, classic artists that just released some songs. I don't know if you've heard any of these. And again, we're not judging the entire album. By hearing, uh, I have, Jim's taking a picture and I have the worst bedhead, but I don't care. I do not care. This is good oh, radio. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I meant to just sort of get that as you were talking, but that's, that's okay. okay. As soon as someone pulls a we'll camera, tweet that out. pose a little bit. Uh, so um, again, we're not going to judge the entire album by, uh, by one song if you haven't heard the whole album, but uh, let's kick it off with, uh, with the Riff Master from the Rolling Stones. This is Keith Richards from his album Cross-Eyed Heart, and let's hear a little bit of the song Heartstopper. Now, have you heard the uh, Have you heard the Cross-eyed Heart album yet? I've been wanting to, so this is cool. 
It's um. What did you think of that? Just first listen, real quick. I like that. I've heard really good things about this record. It's a really good album. It's uh, you know, Keith is uh, Keith's not the the greatest vocalist, but I do like him. I do like his singing voice. I agree. And it's uh, I would call this album. It's uh, very ragged, but it's also endearing, and uh, I like it a lot. Whenever him and Mick release solo albums, I just wish I'm like, like, man, if we took the best songs off that and the best songs off this, we have a, a great Stones album. But um. It's a really good album. I like it a lot, and I have not watched the documentary yet on Netflix, uh, Keith Richards Under the Influence, but I definitely want to see that. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet either, uh, but it is on my list. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing I like about Keith is he always, he really brings that sort of like bar band yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of you know sound to yep. things, and it is it has kind of a looseness to it and kind of some rough edges, and you know it's it's just great stuff. Um, I was at a show last night at the Roxy cool. here. Uh, to see this band I really like called Titus Andronicus. And they actually, the singer actually um, name-checked Keith Richards. He said, he, when he uh, was introducing the band, he said something like, um, oh, you know, he was introdu- He was talking about the opening band, and he said, mm-hmm. like, they're the best band except for, um, uh, or they have the best album except for Keith Richards' new album or something like that. So <laughs> nice. Like, right, yeah. Uh, have you ever been to, had you ever been to the Roxy before? No, that was my first time. How tiny is that club? It's small. I was shocked how small it it's is. It's crazy small. Yes. As a matter of fact, the next band I'm going to play just did two shows at the Roxy two weeks ago. Uh, it's a super group of sorts. They're called the Hollywood Vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, the band that perform there's, there's all over the album, it's different players with Alice Cooper doing all the singing. But when they played the Roxy last week, this was the band. Alice on vocals, Joe Perry on lead guitar, Johnny Depp on rhythm guitar, Matt Sorum on drums, and Duff McKagan from ba- on, oh, on bass. Wow. That was the, the band for that night of, uh, of the Hollywood Vampires. Wow. Hollywood Vampires was a club, I guess, in the 70s and 80s uh, that John Lennon and uh, Harry Nilsson and Keith Moon and all these guys were in. It was basically, they called themselves the Hollywood Vampires because they would just drink all night yeah, long. Yeah, right. And um, so what, the, what this album is doing is they're paying tribute. It's, it's got two original songs. But uh, the rest of the songs are covers, and they're paying tribute to the guys that were in the Hollywood Vampires that are no longer with us now, like Cold Turkey by John Lennon and uh, My Generation because Keith Moon, and they do uh, they do one, I think it goes one into Jump Into the Fire for Harry Nilsson. So it's a really cool album, and it's uh, people that are on this on the album are Alice, uh, Alice Cooper, uh, Joe Walsh, Dave Grohl, Paul McCartney. Uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC him and Alice do two songs together and uh, let's hear one of the original tunes this is called Raise the Dead Hey you The spirit in the crowd still makes an evil sound Yeah You The creatures buried there are coming up for air Pretty straightforward, Alice yeah. Cooper. I don't know if you're an Alice Cooper fan. A little bit. I can see the look on your face. You're not at all. <laughs> this does not interest you at all. And that's okay. 
I like um, No More Mr. Nice Guy. That's a great song. <laughs> that is a great song. Yeah. That's probably one of my top uh, five Alice Cooper songs of That's all time. That's great. Yeah. But okay, good. I like that, uh, I like that your, uh, your, your opinion and your face is matching how you felt about that <laughs> song. Uh, you Duran Duran fan? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I like, you know, like their first couple of albums right, right, I right. think are just fantastic. Sure. And actually, um, kind of like we were talking about with the cars, like they actually did some really influential stuff. Like a lot of bands picked up on what they were doing in terms yeah, of, the they should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. They're not like in there, are they? But as soon as they went to the, um, union of the snake or whatever like these other big wild boys all that kind of stuff it really it just kind of like, went off the rails I like those two songs all right uh well here's a song off their brand new album called paper gods and uh this uh song is called sunset garage I guess the song's called Sunset Garage. I said garage. Uh, what'd you think of that song? I admire that they're still uh, <laughs> plugging away. Um, you know, but really think about this. Yeah. That's a band. Who would think that that band would still be going today? Yeah, I mean, you know? a, a lot of bands that you would lump Duran Duran in with um, aren't high profile anymore. I mean, they might still be doing it, but Duran Duran's still a high profile band. I mean, they're going to be on Jimmy Kimmel and they're yeah. doing a signing in Amoeba Records and this album was released on Warner Brothers. I mean, they're still, they're still a high profile band from the 80s. If you, at the time in the 80s, mm. they were so huge and you would have thought it's mostly based on their looks and yeah. kind of, you know, mm -hmm. and their image and their style and their music videos and all yep. that kind of stuff and you would think that they're just a flash in the pan yeah. kind of band, right? right. Yeah. And to still be plugging away. You'd 30, say, look at, these, look at these pretty boys. Yeah. So 35 years later, they're still yeah. making music. I, that's pretty cool. I saw them in 2004 when they did the full-on reunion tour um, when Andy Taylor was still in the band. Uh, he's the only original member not in the band anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, amazing show. They're really good players. They really are. And I reviewed this album for Pop Culture Beast, and I gave this a, a 7 out of 10. Okay. But it's pretty... I, you, I liked it a lot. the cover a zero. <laughs> I did not like the album cover at first, but I, I meant to tell you this. Because um, it's, it's just like... A, Show them like the album cover. Looks like a child just learned how to do yes. Photoshop. Yeah. But now each one of those stickers on the front and back relates to songs from their past. Oh, so, oh so, great. So I did like it. I agree with you. It's not a great cover, but I, I do like it a little bit more now. Like, um, you know, there's a, you know, seven in the ragged tiger. There's a tiger there. I'm not going to defend this yeah. cover. Okay. Next song coming up. This is from the new Don Henley album. It's his first solo album in 15 years. It's called Cass County. It's a country album, which to me is was funny to hear that because to me, the the, the band he's fronted for forty years is is very much a country sounding yeah. band a lot of times. Yes, this the is Eagles. not a big leap. It's not a big leap, no. and yet the album is is really country. Okay, but 
but the song I chose to play is the most um, is the most Don Henley sounding song. It's it's my favorite song on the album because of that. But this is a this is a song called "Take a Picture of This." fan i don't know if you're a don henley fan i don't know if you don't give a shit <laughs> but uh what, what are your thoughts on that sounds I, like a don henley yeah song. it does it, that sounds like a lot of his solo work yeah yeah it's nice it's pleasant <laughs> I, i'm calling <laughs> I it right it. now whatever nicholas sparks movie they make next that'll That's be in like it. in the middle now by the way if you're <laughs> if you're if you really love don henley uh by the uh by the deluxe edition at target it is 18 songs strong okay 18 tracks wow and the two bonus tracks uh, are pretty good. It, it Don't Matter to the Sun is a duet with Stevie Nicks. That's oh. not on the regular album. That's wow. On, that's a Target exclusive song. And then the last song on that uh, version is Here Come Those Tears Again, which is a cover of a Jackson Brown song. But uh, my first listen of this album, I'm not digging it that much. Uh, it's, it's, it's way too countrified for me. I mean, it's like really... And I like some country music, but it's really... It's well, you know, up. I mean, that's been a trend lately of yeah. rock artists putting out country records because yeah, Steven Tyler's recording one right now. That's right. And, you know, and Bon Jovi, didn't he do yep. that kind of thing? He and did. Um, um, I'm trying to think there, there have been others, but because country fans still buy records. Yeah, that's true. That, so they're going where the money is. They understand. How are you with Pink Floyd or David Gilmore? Do you like that at all? Um, my wife is a huge Pink Floyd fan. I love how he diverts it and puts it on someone else. A guy from uh, high school I know used yeah. to like them. Um, here's, a, well, here's a song from David Gilmore's solo album, uh, new solo album called Rattle That Lock. I'm a casual Pink yeah, Floyd fan, but um, a friend of mine and a listener and friend of the show, uh, Daryl Asher, sent me a copy of this CD, so uh, I wanted to feature a little bit. Whatever it takes to break Recorded very well. Really nice. sounds great well, in the, in the headphones. What do you yeah. think? Of, what do you think of that first listen? That sounded fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got to tell you something right now. I got um, to tell you right now. I'm, I've been wasting your time. We're no. going to get to your list immediately. But no, go ahead. What are you going to say? I enjoy this, but I will tell you that one thing. Um, in my years as a journalist, one thing I have never done well, although I've tried, 
is music criticism. I'm okay. absolutely terrible at it. When times I've tried to review albums mm-hmm. or concerts, I'm yeah. just the worst. So, you know, fine. That's about all you're going to get out of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's good. All right. Let's get to this. Uh, uh, let's get to the real topic. And thank you for letting me pull the, the, the rug out from under you and, and do some of these today. This uh, new music roundup. Hey, it's your show. Let's, <laughs> let's hear the sting again. We put a lot of time into this music sting. New music roundup. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the topic at hand, uh, I, I, I sent Jim a couple of topics and he picked this one. This is side two track one. These are our favorite songs that kick off side two of an album. That's right. Mine, mine leaned very heavily today on, uh, on the classic rock because to be honest, uh, sometimes newer stuff was never released on vinyl. That's right. So, I mean, you could say, well, why don't we just, if there's 12 songs, then we'll just say that track six would be, but that's not, that might not have been how it went on the album. No, I have, I'm with you. I have mostly stuff from like, say the seventies and eighties. I have a couple of things that are new because like vinyls Vinyls making it. Yeah. Right. So I have a couple of those, but I, but like the nineties and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty much gone because that was all CD sequencing. Yes. And they, they may have actually made vinyl records still i can remember vaguely in the 90s like going to a record store yeah. and there'd be like a little section mm-hmm. like a wall with like a handful of like records and you'd be like red hot chili peppers california cation like that's like there's an album of that yep. like but i don't think anybody actually bought it but yeah i don't think like uh, counting crows or gin blossoms or band, some of bands like that i don't think any vinyl existed right for them right Maybe alanis morissette i don't know if uh, jagged little pill was on vinyl it might be now but i don't know if it was back then Right. Yeah. Yeah. It so. might be now. So a lot of, so it definitely, I think changed how the artists approached mm-hmm. sequencing of songs because when you had two sides, you really had to give thought to like how one side ends and right. how another side begins. Right. Exactly. You know, and there's almost this, this like intermission moment. Yep. Right. And so then what are you going to do to win people back or yeah. that kind of thing? Right? And when you, yeah, when you listen, even uh, Tom Petty's full moon fever, he has like a little, uh, a little, uh, I should have brought that today. He says like, he either says that's the end of side one. Oh, that's right. Flip the record and go to side two. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a different, like you're right, different sequencing. That's right. So, um, what do you got for us? What's, uh, what's, what's the band? What's the album? What's the first track on side two that you love? So, well, I would not say this is something I love, but I thought it was appropriate for this. Now this being a comedy show, not just a music show. Not so far. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, largely because of me, I'm sure. It's not true. Um, I thought we'd start with a little spoken word okay. that goes to the topic. Okay, good day. Welcome to side two of our album. Okay, we should do this, okay? Okay. Cool. Okay, so like this is side two of the album, right? Okay. And like I know sometimes when we get uh, an album, like we'll, we don't know what side to put on first. Like sometimes you put on side two first on purpose or by accident. So like if you put this side on, then like take it off. Yeah. Take off. Go back to the other side. Yeah. Eh? Put on side one first, right? Okay. Stop listening. Yeah. Okay. Shh. Don't but, talk. You don't, know. Hey, don't talk. talk. If we keep talking, they might listen. Now that is the great Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis as Bob right. and Doug McKenzie. I, I had this album. I love this album. Uh, it's a fun album. Uh, I remember uh, when I first bought this album that uh, one guy was coming out of one speaker and the other guy was coming yep. out of the other speaker. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you just got to relive that right now. Got to relive it right now in my head. Yeah. So I figured you probably had that record. We all did. Yeah. You know, back then it was huge. Getty Lee had the song. That's right. Where he's, uh, Take Off. Do you ever hear that song? Take Off to the Great White North with Getty yeah. Lee? Yeah. And Kyle, are you familiar with Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yeah, a little bit. 
You should look at uh, since you like comedy so much, you should check out some Second City. Okay. Not Second City, SCTV. Yeah. You should check that out. Okay. You going to do it? Yeah, I will. You promise? Tonight? Maybe. All right. It was good stuff. So, John, uh, John Candy was on there. John Candy yeah, was, and Martin Short and Eugene right. Levy always yeah. makes, just looking at Eugene Levy makes me laugh. Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, so good. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not going to count that as your first track, okay. so you get to go okay, again. Okay, so now the real one, the real one that is, to my opinion, okay, so let me, let me set this up. Okay. I tried not to just make the most obvious picks because mm-hmm. a lot of times what would happen back then in the sequencing was a lot of times like one of the hit singles would be, would lead off side too. Yes, Sometimes true. even like the biggest song on the album. True. And I think that was an idea of like, you know, that was kind of like the spot where you wanted to get, you wanted people to listen all the way through side one and then get to the hit song on exactly. side two, right? So I tried not to just pick the most obvious things, but I had to, if, if I were making a list of all time greatest you know, side two track one. Yeah. This is it. That's a, that's a great album, top to bottom. It doesn't matter what side you put on, you get your money's worth. That's right. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Only eight songs. That's right. When Born to Run, yep. because you know, you don't, sometimes you don't need more than eight. That's right. And you what, don't need 18, Don Henley. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and it's interesting because that album starts with Thunder Road. Yes. Right? So it's a little bit more low-key mm-hmm. kind of song. It the side one ends with Backstreets, yep. very oh, you know kind of different song, and yep. then you turn it over and boom, you get that sonic yep. blast. Those opening notes, that yep. opening riff, that wall of sound—it's just amazing. I was trying amazing. to sing like uh, Roy Orbison, but I, then I wanted it to, the production to be like a Phil Spector, but instead I got that. I was wondering if I was wondering if Bruce might make an yeah, appearance yeah, here today. Yeah. Well, this you, is my lucky you, day. You made it happen. You made it. I might. I might appear. Maybe. Up to four times. <laughs> Let's make it three. <laughs> That's a great song. Uh, and you told me that most of yours, uh, you didn't even cue them up because you felt that if uh, you wanted the listener to hear it as you would hear it when you drop the needle inside too. That's right. I did not do that. I just cued some up because some, some of the intros are yeah, that's right. too long. But uh, this, uh, this is a band Kyle does not care for, but he might like this song. This is from 76. This is... Track one, side two of ACDC's High Voltage.
Uh, like Born to Run, that song never gets old to me. No, absolutely not. It sounds so, it still sounds great. Yeah, absolutely not. And I love, the thing I love about ACDC is that they can basically just kind of take the same elements and yes. just kind of tweak them a little bit mm-hmm. or rearrange them a little bit yep. and just make another great song. It's just amazing. It's, uh, I've said this, I've said this quote many times in the show, but uh, Stephen King's favorite band is ACDC. And I read a magazine article with him once and he was telling one of his friends that his favorite band was ACDC. And his friend said, ACDC, every song sounds the same. And Stephen King's reply was, what's your point? Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, Jim, you're up. Okay. So Jim's wearing a Mercury Records shirt. Uh, a Mercury Records, it's the logo from Mercury Records. Where did you get that t-shirt? I love it. Um, I actually got this from Mercury Records. Uh, you son of a bitch. How do you have these labels giving you t-shirts? This was actually a project that I worked on um, for USA Today a while back that mm-hmm. never really got off the ground, but I did get to go to Nashville and meet with record labels and did get and some swag. Get some swag. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. When I did stand-up comedy and we would have to do, uh, we would do morning radio shows, the only reason you wanted to do the radio show is then they would take you back to the prize closet and you could literally, they'd open up and there'd just be all these promo CDs and they would let you take whatever you wanted. Right. And uh, I remember when Mick Jagger's Wandering Spirit album was, uh, it wasn't due for release for two more weeks and, uh, and there was one in there and I said, can I have this? They go, yeah. I go, that doesn't come out for two weeks. I go, I don't care. Take it. And I was like, this is the most amazing day of my life. That's cool. But uh, go ahead. Okay. So um, let me set this up a little bit. So you, we were talking earlier uh, before we were recording that you never really bought um, pre-recorded cassettes. That was not a thing for you. No, I didn't like how they sounded. Agreed. Yeah. But when I was in college and was basically, you know, did not have a big, you know, room for a big stereo setup and everything. I had a boom box and I had my prized Sony Walkman. Yeah that was like with me at all times mm-hmm. walking around campus and so on and so forth. So I bought mostly cassettes in that era just because, sure. you know, the that's convenience how it works. and the, the soul, portability. That's right. And the whole side two thing still works yeah. with the cassette. Right. So this would be uh, a band. This is, um, REM from the album fables of the reconstruction, which came out the, the fall of my freshman year of college. Okay. And we really was a album that kind of changed my whole viewpoint on music right. uh, really kind of opened things up for me and this song and it's interesting because it's kind of a dreary you know kind of a low-key kind of dreary mm-hmm. kind of album but this song in that proper placement side two track one is a blast So that's the song can't get there from here. I can remember getting this record and REM also played uh, a lot, a show that year on campus at Indiana, Indiana university. And uh, I went to that show and REM was just a huge, huge band yeah. for me. It just was like, opened up my eyes to like all kinds of different music. Yeah. 
Yeah, at my college, we had Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a great tune. I uh, next up for me is um, is a Beatles song, and uh, this is uh, this is from their third long player, uh, Hard Day's Night. I love this album. I love a Hard Day's Night. I, I think it's too. their. I think it's their first. I think it's their third LP. I think it's their first best LP. I, um, it probably was the first one where they really approached it as yeah, an album, as yes, a true album, not just yeah. a collection of songs. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is Anytime at All. Fun song. Love it. Like the drumming that was in mono. That's right. The glorious sound of mono. Kyle, you don't like mono, do you? I don't care one way or another. Young kids (laughs) don't have an opinion on mono. Actually, today, you know, you talk about the pre-recorded cassettes and the sound quality on that, Mm -hmm. but today's, you know, sound quality is much worse you know, the, with digital music and streaming yeah. and earbuds and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't know how much people really even pay attention to the like sonic quality of what they're listening to. Are you, are you a person that uh, will rebuy past catalogs that like, are you, do you get sucked in by that remastering and all that? Cause I definitely do. I d- don't really so much with the remastering. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll buy like a deluxe edition of something. If yeah. it has like extra tracks on it or that kind of thing. So did you buy the, the Springsteen box last year? With the remat, because Springsteen's catalog had not been really touched since its original original CD pressings. So I have the box of LPs, mm-hmm. you know, that they just released. Okay, with the remastered. Well, yeah. yeah, then that sounds great. Uh, and I have the CD version of that. Yeah, yeah. And I just uh, this past week I just purchased uh, Hunky Dory, uh, oh, David Bowie. Nice. And, and uh, it's I gotta tell you, it sounds it sounds better than the previous CD version from just I don't know ten years or so ago. Yeah. So. That's cool. Always making, I guess they're always making new advancements. And I bought, and I repurchased all the uh, Led Zeppelin albums too. Oh yeah, CD. yeah, those are great. And, uh, but I'm never buying those again. I'm done now with <laughs> Zeppelin. That's it. You got all my money. Um, you're, it's your, you're up. It's oh, your it's turn. me. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm already. That's what a trick I do. I talk and then the person forgets who's next and then I try to play two in a row. So I'm already kind of breaking the rule that I established was not to pick Uh-oh. the most obvious things. But again, this goes to my high school years and this was such a huge album. And it's. Oh, and, it, and just what a great song to have uh, leading off side two.
It's when doves cry. We didn't get to hear him say it, but yeah, I was trying to get there, but it takes a while. Yeah, yeah but you can't start that when the right. no, you got to right. hear that yeah, opening. Hear it's just so weird. It's so. I think that uh, I haven't heard any of Prince's new album, but uh, I feel like he could make an album just like this right now if he wanted to, but he does not want to. I know. I wish he would. <laughs> I, I wish he would. You know, his his latest stuff is not very well received. Um, no, doesn't get critically praised and. No. But he's got such great music in him, yeah. I think. I believe that to be true yeah. still today. And uh, have you ever seen him live? I, I have not. We were just having this conversation, uh, some uh, coworkers that, that uh, we were out the other night, and we were talking like our top three uh, wish list, like live band wish list. You like haven't what, seen yet. Like you haven't seen, and it can be, you know, um, of any era. and Living and dead. Living or dead, right. Vivaldi. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and Prince was on my list because I have not seen him yet, and it kills me that I haven't. Jeez, but. I would say definitely Queen with Freddie and, and the Ramones. I had the Ramones on my list. And Elton John. I never got to see them. I haven't them. seen Elton John yet. Yeah. My third one was the Rolling Stones in like late seven, the late 60s, early 70s, yeah, yeah, like yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. I, uh, I did see Queen plus Adam Lambert, and that was good because I wanted to see Roger and, uh, and Brian play live. Uh, and Adam Lambert, he can sing. He's just not... Um, he doesn't have the rock gene for me. Yeah. He he sings in the high register all the time, and Freddie did not do that. And he's uh, you know, just being being flamboyant and having a great voice doesn't make you Freddie Mercury at all. I don't I don't know who could be Freddie Mercury. No, though. it's an one impossible. Of a, really, one of a kind. Yeah, it'd almost be better if they had like a it was the band queen and they just swapped out the singer like every few songs. You mean like a different singer on different songs? Yeah, they, but like a they actually you know, like did a Dave, tribute concert once Dave where they Girl. did that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, that'd be cool. Now, did the Foos play Under Pressure? They did. Yes. Everything? Yeah, they did. Least. And, and uh, Nate also laid down some uh, Another One Bites the Dust, too, as his bass solo. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they make a big deal about how Taylor Hawkins can sing like Freddie Mercury, right? Didn't they say something like that? Um, did they say that? I know that. Yeah, he, I, he, yeah they said that. I know that at one point they... Um, he, he said, I'm going to let Taylor get the, get the crowd singing. And Taylor did that Freddie, like, like, those type of things. And, and everyone was doing it. It was really, it was fun. It was a great show. They yeah. didn't do any of that the second night that I saw online. It said they didn't do that. We were definitely there on the best night. Yeah. Because who joined them the second night? Perry Farrell. Boo. <laughs> I like a couple James Addiction songs. And when I say a couple, I mean one <laughs> um that's my wife's favorite band by the way i love your wife <laughs> good choice in music or or husband um, <laughs> this is uh this is billy joel this is from his uh third album first album was called cold spring harbor came out it was uh, mastered at the wrong speed so he sounds a little bit like a chipmunk <laughs> mm-hmm. second album was piano man which a lot of people think is the first album but it's not and that was a pretty big fm hit had some songs in there and then he had a couple albums that just are, are under the radar. And this is from his third album called Street Life Serenader. And I love this song. This kicks off tra- side two. This is The Entertainer. I am the entertainer And I know just where I stand Another serenader And another long-haired band Today I am your champion I may have won your hearts but I know the game, you forget my name And I won't be here in another year If I don't stay on the charts Ooh. I am the entertainer That's cool. And I've had to pay my Do you know that song? 
I, I believe, yeah, I think I've heard that before, but this is interesting about Billy Joel. You're right. I mean, he had P the Piano Man yeah. album like in the early 70s, mm -hmm. and then he kind of went a couple more albums before he hit it real With big, The Stranger, right? yeah. He yeah, had, um, right. He had Street Life Serenader, and he had his album called Turnstiles, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And then I think Columbia said, okay, look, this is it. <laughs> right. You, 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 we need a big one or you're gone, and that was The Stranger. So Yeah, yeah. And that's a guy that can, he can, he's one of those artists that has, are you a Billy Joel fan at all? I like some of his stuff. Um, he's one of these artists that he has so many songs that when you go, you're not disappointed, but you're, you'll leave and say, oh, he didn't play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he didn't play this. Right, right. And that song speaks to, the, you know, what he was going through. Yes, the exactly. Music business and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a line in that song where he says, I'll get, uh, I'll get put in the back of the discount rack like another can of beans is what yeah. he says. <laughs> and then he yells, turn off the fucking lights. Turn the fucking lights off. And he tips his piano over. Did you ever see that clip? When, says, Don't take any shit from anybody. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see that clip when he's, he plays in Russia? And uh, <laughs> the story, if you just watch it out of context, he looks like he's a raving lunatic because he flips his keyboard over. But in the context of the concert... He asked the lighting. He asked the lighting crew, "Don't put the lights on the crowd because when you put the lights on the crowd, they're not dancing anymore because they don't want the military to see them down. I don't know what'll happen, yeah, but especially in the Soviet Union, yes, right? <laughs> back then, in, yeah. in '82 or '83, whenever that was, and they keep putting the the lights on them, and he fucking goes ballistic. It's great. I mean, literally, it looks like a heavy key, and he just flips the whole thing over. It's nuts. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, okay, you're up, Jim. I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. Okay, so we were talking about how in the 90s, in the CD era, there mm -hmm. wasn't really such a thing as a side two track one. Nope. But I had to look to see. I, I remember um, Nirvana's Nevermind came out in 91, and I was thinking they probably had, had a vinyl, a, had a vinyl at yeah. that point because vinyl was kind of sort of maybe still a thing. Yeah. And also knowing Kurt Cobain and stuff like that, they probably that was probably something they wanted to yes. have, right? So I was curious, and I went. I never had the vinyl version, but I wanted to mm -hmm. see what was the lead of side two. Sure. And this is a really cool. This is actually makes a lot of sense that this would be the 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 lead off track. Let's hear it. Great drumming on that track. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so funny when Kurt Cobain died, how many people said, ah, oh, those poor guys, those poor Dave Grohl and, and Chris, what, what, what are those guys going to do now? It's unbelievable. That now they just say, what is Chris going to do? What's Chris going to do? <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. enjoying retirement. So that song was called Territorial Pissings. Nice. And I've I, never heard that song before. Oh, really? I can remember it now. It was funny because I remember... In, um, they did a concert on MTV mm -hmm. to support this album mm -hmm. and that was like a standout song on that show like even like 
this many years later, I still remember that. Because they were probably right. going crazy on it stage. It was crazy because it's like a real punk song, mm-hmm. um, which really makes sense because the side one, track one, is Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. And then to come back with like, a like okay, now we're really going to yeah. just like freak you out, right? And that's what they did Was there. Pat Smear playing in the touring version of the band at that point? Do you Not remember? on that show. Not on that show. That show. But I remember that, um, and actually I went back and looked at it on YouTube to confirm my memory. Mm-hmm. But Chris Novoselic, he was like, just running around yeah. you know, playing this song and had that low slung bass so and low. everything. And Dave Grohl playing, you know, he doesn't play a lot of cymbal. He plays like a lot of drums, yes, you know, yes, two handed yes. pounding the drums. Yep. It was just, just really cool. Dave Grohl's probably 18 at that yeah, point. He looked or really 19. young. Yeah. Um, they did some cool things. Uh, the Foo Fighters did at the LA show. Like when they, you know, he introduced all the band members and when he introduced Pat Smear, he said, Pat, where are you from? And he goes, I'm from Los Angeles. He goes, where'd you see your first concert? And he said, I saw it right here at the forum he goes where were you and he said i was right there and like close to the front and he said and, and who did you see here and he goes i saw stevie wonder open for the rolling stones oh wow it's crazy i'm just wow. like and then he's like and, and and now and now you're up on stage that's right it's pretty crazy yeah that's yeah that's and insane. he didn't do a solo he didn't he do just, a solo he just took a, sh- a sip of a uh, champagne from a bottle bottle and dave said that's a champagne solo <laughs> pat's very good at champagne solos <laughs> i can't think of uh uh, going from Nirvana to this band, I can't think of a worse transition. But I, I'm going to go from Nirvana to Journey. All right. Are you a Journey fan? I don't think we're on the same page at all uh, musically. And that's that's cool because that makes for a more uh, diverse, yeah. interesting show. Well, let me tell you this. So when I was in high school, I had, you know, like Frontiers and Escape and yes. those records. Um the, so, big, the big two, yeah, the big two yeah. 80s albums. Yeah, yeah. So I had that stuff. Okay, cool. I will also say this. One of the things I love about music is I love that people can connect with it in different ways sure. and they can have their own, you know, memories mm-hmm. and their own, yeah. you know, experiences with things. So I really try hard. And this is, this is a really a kind of a basic philosophy for our podcast mm-hmm. is I, we really try hard not to put things down. You know, we'd mm-hmm. rather celebrate the stuff we like or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, rather than, yeah. Tell people like you're wrong for liking that or whatever. Well, we I never say that. that. I would say, I would say, uh, like with Nirvana, I'm not a Nirvana fan, but I, I could never say that's not good music. You know what I right, mean? Right. I, and you know, you can throw out that it's, it's like a cop out, but I respect it, but I don't, yeah. it's really not my thing. I don't even know why I don't like Nirvana. I just, I it just didn't connect with me right, for and some that's reason fine. at the time. And so I, told when I hear it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. The playing's great. Songs are great. Singing's great. Everything's great. I don't know why I'm not a Metallica fan. I just can't. Right. Right. It just doesn't resonate with me at all. You know, yeah. there's probably a couple of songs I like and who knows if I went and rediscovered the catalog, I might, I might go, they're awesome. You know, but I just, we actually shit on things we like more than we shit on things. Yeah, we, we don't actually like. do. Yeah. We do shit. Yeah. On, I shit on yeah. things like, like if people you could shit on Journey and and, and stuff, and I, I you know, I, and I wouldn't tell you that that you're not right. <laughs> I would just go, yeah. But um, my, uh, I love Escape. I loved Escape when it came out in in in, uh, in eighty one. That is just that's my. I love that Journey album so much. And, uh, and then the follow up uh, was uh, was Frontiers, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people like frontiers more and i totally disagree with those people big time because uh side two uh of frontiers other than track one which i'm gonna play side two of frontiers sucks as far as <laughs> it sucks after it that album has six songs on it and then the next four blow trouble child back talk 
Frontiers and Rubicon. I don't even like the titles. Those songs blow so much. They all sound like canceled shows. It's terrible. But track one of side two is amazing. It is called uh, Edge of the Blade. once too that they said when once cds came out they really front-loaded some bands front-loaded the cd right because a lot of times you'd get in the car and just push play and it would automatically start at the beginning right so for me i don't know even know how many people fl- even in college i remember side one of frontiers it's got separate ways sender my love chain reaction after the fall and faithfully and people played side one like crazy because i do um, Did you find yourself not playing this song because it was just a, it'd be like you flip it over, you play one, and then yeah, because I didn't like the re- and it's another story about Frontiers is at the ninth hour they removed only the young and ask the lonely, okay, which are two soundtrack songs that they eventually appeared on soundtracks and are they're on the Journey Greatest Hits album because those are if if they would have removed two of these stinkers like Backtalk and Rubicon and had these on there it would have been a much better album but um yeah i never understand yeah. how that stuff works like I don't you hear about songs it, that get yeah. left out and they're great songs yeah. or whatever but you know i don't think it hurt journey's uh, sales figures it at didn't all. hurt sales yes, you know right. I, frontiers was it was a gigantic success but uh, i don't even like the cover of that it's some face yeah. i don't even know what's going on with that it takes me that takes me back to my high school days you know my bedroom in toledo ohio mm-hmm. listening to the stereo yeah big headphones on yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah absolutely I, actually bigger than the ones we have on now that's right what kind of headphones do you use in your personal life? Earbuds still? Um, Beats? No. I, yeah, like earbuds, but like I'm, I'm an old person, so I don't like the ones that like, I, I can't use like regular earbuds like those. They always seem to fall out of my ears yeah. and stuff like that. So I have these like ones that are like made by Sony and they're earbuds, mm-hmm. but then they have like a little like kind of loop that goes oh, okay. over yeah. your ear, whatever. As you, get old, as you get older, your nose and your ears continue to grow. So maybe that's why the earbuds won't stay in <laughs> our ears know. anymore. I don't know. Uh, what's that? What do you got? Do I'm excited to hear. Again, I do not know Jim's. Uh, I do not know Jim's list. Jim does not know my list. Kyle knows both of our lists, and he doesn't like any of the songs he's right. heard so far. So, Kyle, yeah, you got that. All right, yeah. So this one, I have a little dad rock kind of story. Also, I cheated a little bit in that this is actually track one of side four of an album. So in boom, yeah. In so it's disc two. That's right. Disc two, side, side two, two, track one. That's right. I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1980, The Clash put out an album called Sandinista. It was three. Three discs. Discs, right? And this, One disc too many. And this is, um, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. But um, yeah, and actually it's really kind of insane to think about that, a triple album. But it's crazy. But um, 
this was a song when I was, I don't know if you did this with your kids. So, um, beat when, them, hit them. <laughs> is that what he's, cause I didn't Jim, if that's what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was abuse in my family, mostly musical in nature, but anyway, um, the, I would put together like mixes, playlists or, um, uh, mix CDs or whatever of music mm-hmm. that, that the kids might enjoy, yeah, yeah, but I've was not that. kids music. Right. right. So like, Stuff when you know that they might like, right. and this was a song that actually they really took to, and there's a, um, I think kind of a funny reason for it. So anyway, the song is called "Police on My Back," and it leads off side two of disc two of Sandinista. <laughs> children like that to Jim because they're learning the days of the week. That's exactly it. That's why they loved it. They would sing the days of the week in the song and they loved that. Not, not only is Sandinista three albums, it's 12 songs on each album. Yes. So it's 36 songs. That's right. Now think about that. If, if my favorite band at the time released, re- released the triple album, 36 songs, my head would have exploded. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get into the clash till later much, much later. I didn't really. A either. year ago. <laughs> but um, were you a fan of The Clash when this album came out? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. When I was in high school, so this was, in fact, 80, would, I graduated in 85, so this mm-hmm. would have actually been when I was in junior high. Yeah. No, my tastes were very much what was played on the radio. Who you was know, your favorite 40. band in high school? If you had one, if you had to pick a band. Um, pro- oh, um, Probably either Huey Lewis okay. or Men at Work. Those so, were like, so if Huey Lewis released 36 songs at once, his that, career would have been over. That wouldn't be good for anyone. No, it wouldn't be. Uh, first concert you ever saw? Hall & Oates. That's a good show. Yeah. Was that the Private Eyes tour? 81? That's when I saw them the first It was time. the H2O tour with Man Eater. Yeah, 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 yeah. Family Man, one-on-one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good times. Yeah. That's when um, G.E. Smith was still in the band. Yes. And yes. T-Bone Wolk was still with us? Yes. Rock in peace, T-Bone. And my second show I went to was the Stray Cats. And that was my first experience. With a uh, bad drummer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Slim Jim Phantom. Um, that was my first experience with how, um, with trying to be, realizing how difficult it is to be cool in high school, uh-huh. which I was not yeah. at all. And one of the things I thought you do to be cool is wear the concert t-shirt of the show you went to the night before, yeah, yeah. right? So I saw the Stray Cats. I bought the concert t-shirt. I wear it to, to school and just got mocked like you oh, wouldn't believe. By where, did like you grow, all the, where did you grow up? In Toledo, Ohio. Okay. And just like the jocks and, you know, the burnouts and like uh-huh. those kind of crew, groups that I was not in just thought it was like the dorkiest thing ever. And then I learned that was the important lesson. Don't try to be different. Try to be like everyone else. That's high school in the I 80s. Had the re- I had the opposite experience of you because um, I grew up in small town Pennsylvania. I mean, Ohio, Pennsylvania. You know, right. Look on the map, folks. They're right next <laughs> to each other. Um, 
no one went to concerts really except me and my friend Jim Schultz. No one really went. So the next day after, you know, being in Pittsburgh, seeing the Ghost in the Machine tour, the police, when you came to school with the police shirt on, my experience was you went to that show last night? Because we didn't like, we, we weren't talking about it prior, you right, know, because right. who are we going to tell? But then the next day when you came with the shirt and people were like, you went to see the police last night? Are you serious? Yeah. Your parents let you do that? Yeah. Because I mean, for us to go to a concert in Pittsburgh, it was about a two and a half hour drive. So right after school, you got in the car and went there and then didn't get home till late, late at night. And um, since what, I was... What did your parents, what did or our grandparents do when you were... Yeah, because Kyle's my nephew, you know that. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't into drinking or any, any of that nonsense when I was in, when I was in high school. I, I was... A, I, I was I got in trouble in school for being a disruptive, joking influence, which, which now as a grown up, I go, oh yeah, that must have been horrible for the teachers. But as a kid, I was just to work for you. Well, yeah, I guess. But, but I wasn't into anything that could hurt me or hurt other people. So my parents knew that if we went to the concert, you know, we weren't drinking, we weren't going to be driving impaired. We weren't you know, they were just, I'm sure they were worried until we got home safely because it's a long drive, but I was never not allowed to go to see a show. And because I worked when I was in high school, I was also had the money to buy that ticket, which was $12 at the time. Yeah, that's I, right. When I look at my ticket stubs, it's crazy. How Van you, Halen, 950. How did you get the tickets? Okay. You would have to go into um, like a record store, right? Record store or, yeah, or, or a maybe department a department store. store. It was yeah. very strange, yeah. Ticketmaster had like outlets. Outlets, you yeah, know, you would go. You, but, you know, and so it was, it was either they would get like a stack of tickets. Yeah. So you had to like figure out where you were going to go yeah, buy yeah. them. Like, and then, and wait out. Like, I can remember forever. calling on the phone too and then using uh, my mom's credit card and then paying her, but then the tickets would be mailed to you. It was a very yeah. strange system. And then when it became like computerized, so like every outlet could access mm. the same computer. Then you kind of had to think about, well, where can I go? Where might the line be the shortest? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I can yeah. get in line. Yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. But um, in Toledo, if I had worn, say, like the police might've been okay, but mm-hmm. if I had like worn like a Van Halen shirt or a Rush shirt or something like that, I probably would have been okay. That's, that's sad because like we, we went to see Loverboy and Kiss and Van Halen and Yui Lewis and all that all that stuff. And we always got a t-shirt and yeah, it was, it was always, yeah. they might not like, I think they respected the fact that we were allowed to just, yeah. we were allowed no. to go maybe. Yeah. No, it was a, it was definitely a thing that kids did, but, yeah. but stray cats. No, that was, <laughs> that, that set me back a little bit. No, that's a shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 a, I'm at peace with it now. I do how, still listen to that record. How long though. does that day seem when you get in front of <laughs> and you're like, oh God. And what are you going to do? You know, yeah, yeah, you, you got the like, shirt on. Can't go home and change. <laughs> that's right. Let's go back and beat Biff up. Let's get that's the exactly time machine it. and go back there. That's exactly it. Um, all right. My next, can, uh, is it mine? Can, can I say one no, more thing? No, oh. you cannot. No, <laughs> What? I wanted so, to say one, you were asking about the clash and yes. when I got into the clash, I really didn't get into the clash until college. So then you know, by that time they were almost done. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of retroactively learned all their stuff and yeah. they're one of my favorite bands now, but here's a, a mind blowing experience. I'm sure you've all had this where you listen to a song for a long time, maybe for years and then suddenly realize it's a cover song. It's like, like you didn't the, know I that the law. Is that you know, what you're no. talking about? Police on my back is actually, Oh yeah. I didn't know that was a cover. See, I didn't know like forever, like probably not until, you know, I don't know, a couple, three years ago yeah, yeah. I found out that's a cover song of a band 
uh, what was the band called? The Equals. Yeah. Which was actually had the singer um, Eddie Grant. Do you remember Eddie oh, Grant? Yeah, yeah. Electric Avenue. Electric Avenue. Yeah. This was that was his band in the '60s. Oh, cool. And that was their song, and I had no idea. Well, that's like no one, no one knew that "I Love Rock and Roll" was not Joan Jett's exactly. original tune. Yeah. Uh, my next song is uh, is from Electric Light Orchestra. A uh, little side note, uh, uh, we are recording this on uh, September 27th, Sunday. Tomorrow, September 28th, Pardo and I are going to the Grammy Museum. Uh, we got invited to go see Brian Adams has a new album coming out that was produced by Jeff Lynn. Oh, nice. And he's going to be playing an eight-song acoustic set and then taking a Q&A, Brian Adams is. And I am so hoping, because Jeff Lynn, Lynn lives in L.A., I'm so hoping he's there so I can get an, uh, an ELO album signed. So uh, this was from the album I will take with me. This is my favorite ELO album. This is from a New World Record, and this song is called So Fine. Side two, track one. I, uh, I got my first, I bought, this is my, the first ELO album I bought because I was in the Columbia uh, album yes, yes. record club. And it was probably one of those where I, I didn't really have 12 choices. And I'm like, well, I like that song Telephone Line. So I'll just, I'll buy this album. And man, is that a killer album, top to bottom for me. That's cool. I really, yeah. ELO is an interesting band for me because I remember having the Out of the Blue album mm-hmm, on yeah. eight track yeah, yeah. when I was a kid. But there was a point in time where, you know, they, I think they kind of fell out of favor. They became uncool and, yeah, pretty they, quickly. There you go. Yeah. They became uncool. And so I kind of dismissed them for a long time, but yeah. I've only recently kind of gone back and rediscovered their stuff and it's fantastic. It's really it's great. great. Yeah. And, he, and a new album coming out in November yeah. from, uh, from it, it, it build as Jeff Lynn's ELL. Yeah. Right. It's great stuff. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't write any of it, but thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Well, good pick. <laughs> Job well done, Pat thank Francis. You. Okay. So earlier we were talking about dream, like concerts you could go to. Yes. And I mentioned the stones in the era of like the early seventies yeah. would be really cool. And this is the uh, track one from side two of sticky fingers from 1971. Great. Uh. So great, bitch. Yes. It's, uh, it, w- what's funny is, uh, in my list, my next song is a Rolling Stone song. Oh, cool. But actually, my next two songs are Rolling Stone songs because I couldn't decide 
which one to play. So do you mind if we have a triple play, a Rolling Stones triple play? That sounds great. This is uh, this first one is from an, my least favorite Rolling Stones album. I don't I don't like the first couple Rolling like the first two Rolling Stones albums. The ones that are mostly covers. Mostly covers. That, yeah. that, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, once they start writing their own material, it's stellar. Right. Until 67, when they released their Satanic Majesty's Request. I cannot get into this album at all. I just... I, I Really? Because I, it's beloved by fans. <laughs> no, that's not at all. Yeah. But, uh, but track, track one on side two is great. Let's hear it. What is on this album? Let me let me pull it up here. I like Two Thousand Man. I like She's a Rainbow. Two Thousand Light Years from Home. Yeah, that was kind of the single I believe was Two Thousand yeah, Light Years from Home. And yeah. the rest of it. No. I mean, and that that comes between, uh, you know, between the buttons and uh, oh. and Beggar's Banquet. I mean, you know, I love Aftermath and Beggar's oh. and in between the buttons. All those but, are um, great. They they learned they yeah. learned they cannot be was, the Beatles. That's look, what they were trying to do. And look, it was a misstep in a catalog that is incredible. So you know. But that song, I like. I like. She's a rainbow. So my my other uh, my other uh, Rolling Stone song is from an album that I don't think I don't think this one gets talked about really at all. It's in it's in the Mick Taylor period, but it's not it's not Sticky Fingers. It's not uh, Exile on Main Street. Right. It's uh it, it's from the album. It's only Rock and Roll, which is one of my favorites. I love this album. And uh, side, side two track one for me. This song is called Luxury. This album has, it starts out with If You Can't Rock Me. It's got a great cover of Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Then it's yep. got only, it's only rock and roll. Till the next time we say goodbye. Time waits for no one. Dance Little Sister. I love this album. Fingerprint File. This is, this is, this is one that I think gets lost in the shuffle along sometimes, even with Goat's Head Soup. Sometimes those get, get yeah. lost because of the albums I mentioned earlier, the other McTaylor albums. The most amazing thing to me about the Rolling Stones is that if they, can in some way be underrated they actually are from being a huge band yeah they have so many songs beyond just like the hot rocks stuff that everybody's heard exactly that you listen to and go that's great that's another great song it's another great song and you and and so many different you know textures and styles and things like that it's they're amazing they're amazing band i like i love i love on the show when we play a song like let's let's say luxury is one of those songs or it becomes one of those songs and then i'll get an email that says oh my god i never heard that song before Looked for that album, bought it. Love, you know. That's what I like. I like when I get emails like that. Yeah. So send me one of those, even if you, even if that didn't happen to you. Just send me that email, and I'll feel good. 
Your turn. Okay. Are we at the point now where I should start skipping things? Because we have, um, only because my wife is teaching a class today, we have a hard out here at noon and we have 22 minutes. So you can, you can start to, to make some hard choices. Yeah. You can start apologizing to some bands. No, that's okay. But we should, I should probably pair this. I feel bad now that I did that new music wrap up. I'll tell you that right now. It was delightful. I'm sure your listeners appreciate it. You're welcome back here anytime (laughs) you're in LA. So all right, right, cool. Do another one. Yeah, you don't really mean that, do you? I do. Okay. Not. Can I stay at your house? If you need a place to stay, you can stay at my house. <laughs> so let's go to this one, Kyle, okay. if you can. Uh, okay, so let, so I, we talked about how vinyl has made a resurgence lately. Mm-hmm. You're not into it, right? I don't like it. We're, yeah. We have a vinyl episode coming up where we played all vinyl. I saw some of the photos from that. Yeah, like we played that. all vinyl. You played. actually hooked up a turntable to play? Yeah, because a new turntable has a... Has a has USB. A, well, no, we, it has just the, um, what do you call it? The headphone jack. Okay. So we just, the thing that's plugged into this computer, we just plugged it right into the, oh. to the turntable. Nice. It's so funny when, when we would play it, um, when we just play the turntable, the turntable speakers suck. Right. If you plugged headphones directly into the turntable, that didn't sound good either, but through the board and everything it sounded good. And did Kyle know how to work a turntable? Did that- you know what? I actually worked the turntable, not because he didn't know how to, but I felt that if he worked it, all night long, he would become the butt of me yelling at him. So to spare, it, 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 comedically, but to spare him that, I just, I just cued it up. Did you ever do like, um, like any like college, like in college, did you ever do like any DJing or college radio or anything like we that? We had a college radio station that I don't even think you could get it if you were in the dorm. Yeah. That's we, how bad it was. Yeah. So I didn't even, I didn't even waste my time. Cause like I knew guys that did it and I would try to find it. We couldn't even find it. And I'm like, well, I, I, I just play records in my room then. Yeah. That's pretend. right. We had the same kind of thing at Indiana and I, so I, I tried, you know, I, I volunteered to be a DJ for yeah, a yeah. while and then realized like nobody is listening to this. No. So I just kind of stopped it. But when you do that, you learn like how to cue up the song, right? Mm-hmm. You like put it in the headphones and you actually like work it with your hand to get it to the right spot. Yeah. And, and then you stuff. like, you like, then you like backtrack it to right before exactly. it's going to start. Yeah. Yeah. And then exactly. you learn to talk up the record right before the. Yeah. I don't think I ever learned that, but yeah. <laughs> so. so anyway, so vinyl has made a resurgence. This song is from, I have the a vinyl copy. Of this, this was the best selling vinyl record of last year. Whoa. And the other interesting thing about it is because this guy is so like weird and crazy, this song, depending on where you drop the needle, mm-hmm. it has like two different intros. So there's like, they kind of like double tracked it. So like you can, if you, you know, depending on where you put it, like you'll either get an electric intro or an acoustic one. Can I guess the artist? And then it, and then it, they, the two, you know, they merges at some point and it just becomes the song, right? I'm going to attempt to guess the artist. Go ahead. Is it Jack White? You're right. I'm hip. Kyle, I'm hip. You drink water, I drink gasoline. One of us is happy, one of us is mean. I love you, but honey, why don't you love me? Yeah, well, I love you, but honey, why don't you love me? I like this guy. I don't. I, I don't. I only own. Uh, I only own Blunderbuss. 
and then some white stripe stuff. But uh, and I don't listen to it regularly. But I, whenever I hear and I oh and I like the Raconteurs albums. I like those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah. So this was off his second solo mm-hmm. album, Lazaretto, which okay. was released last year, and the song was just one drink. And the album is actually, it has all kinds of weird stuff. It has like the hologram. You hear about that? Like no. you shot, like you, when you play one of the sides, you, if you have a light positioned correctly on the album, you see mm-hmm. a, like a little hologram of an angel that's like spinning what? as it goes on. It's weird. There's like hidden tracks under the label that you can play. There's one side plays from inside to out, you know, so there's all kinds of weird stuff on this record, which is partly why it was the biggest selling vinyl record. I guess so. Because there's a lot of stuff you could do with it. That's right. And uh, and this uh, in, in, uh, this show drops in October. That's his. This is his time of year, Halloween. He goes out and he dresses up like Tim Burton every year, which means he just walks out of the house. Yeah, he just exactly. walks out of the house with scissors in his hands. Scissors hand. in his hands. <laughs> uh, again, now we're gonna we're gonna jump so far away from from Jack White. But when I was uh, when I was in high school, um, even though this album came out years before I was in high school, this came out in '77. I was in seventh grade. Um, but everyone had this album, the Steve Miller band album called Book of Dreams. And this is, uh, this is uh, track one from side two. Uh, the albums that I can remember people having like in the 70s where, where I grew up, everyone had Book of Dreams, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, and Bob Seger Night Moves. Those are albums that like every, every, play, every time someone at a party or something, you'd be flipping through. Those were there. I don't know why. I don't know what. Uh, maybe they were pressed right outside my hometown and shipped right in. I don't know. <laughs> just came with the houses. Came with the house. Just like when you two, those sons of bitches, dropped that free album <laughs> into my iTunes. I am so mad at that free stuff. What's up, Jim? Okay, so another um, current, more current band that's uh, that I bought a vinyl record of recently. Are you familiar with Super Chunk at all? Uh, I've heard the name Super Chunk. It's my favorite candy bar. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Super Chunk, you know, started in the '90s and is one of those, um, you know, very well regarded indie rock bands. Yeah. And I just love their stuff. It's very poppy. Okay. It's really cool. And they actually in 2001 they took a hiatus that ended up lasting until 2010. And then this was sort of their comeback record called Majesty Shredding. And uh, in honor of being in LA, mm-hmm. I wanted to play the song called Learn to Surf. All right, here we go. Good tune. This is a good tune.
That's a great tune. They I are like that a lot. They are a great. I think I would like this band. You would. They are a great, great band. Like really power pop kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and, and their new stuff is just as good as their older stuff. They're cool. great. And I saw them recently, or actually recently, probably about a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. at the 930 Club. So there you oh, go. Oh, I got a mug to, from that place. There you go. Yeah. Hey, while you're looking at your list, I want you to keep uh, keep in mind, I'm going to let you play us out. I'm going to let you oh, pick the play out song. So you got it? Okay. I got it. And I'm going to make some quick apologies right now. You played Springsteen. So my apologies to Bruce. I was going to play Hungry Heart. Uh, mm. Apologies to Jackson Brown, the, the Southern, the SoCal Springsteen. I was going to play uh, Redneck Friend, and apologies to the Doobie Brothers. So I'm going to get those out of my list. Apologies to those bands. And I'm going to play right now. Uh, they, they appreciate that you apologize to them, sure too. Sure, they, they do. They, I, hear, I hear things. Yeah. Um, uh, when this episode drops, I will have just seen this uh, artist a, f- a few days prior. I'd, I've never seen him. I just got into his catalog like a year ago. Uh, this is Joe Jackson. This is from Night and Day. And this is breaking us in two. Don't you feel like trying something new? Don't you feel like breaking out or breaking us in two? You don't do the things that I do. You want to do things I I can get this signed that night. I really hope I can get my vinyl copy of this signed. I also had a Joe Jackson song you on did? my list. Oh my god! Um, from uh, Look Sharp, of which is and, and that was kind of a cheat because every song is great on that record. Yeah, and so of course you can pick any one. So the yeah. side two, I'm the man, is a great, great album too. Yeah. The yeah. second album, fantastic. Have you ever seen him in concert? Maybe stick around. No, I haven't. Put it on your bucket list. There you go. Um, this next song I'm going to play is by one of the great American songwriters of all time. He's known not to be a nice person if you run into him. Kyle saw that firsthand at the Conan O'Brien show. His name is Paul Simon. But I can't think of a song that I just sing to myself more than this song. Uh, side two, track one of Paul Simon's uh, self-titled debut solo album. Let's hear a little bit of this. Whoa, in a couple of days, the coma take me away, but the press let the story leak. Now when the radical priest come to get me released, we is all on the coroner's week. And I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. The queen of Corona See me and Julio Down by the schoolyard that is a song that I just, uh, I can never get enough of. Yeah. I, I was, love that song. I was thinking the same thing. It's one of those songs you can hear again and again and again. Yeah. 
you find something new in it, something <laughs> I different. Just, yeah, I just it's love great. it. It's love so it. so fun. Yeah, absolutely. So how many do we have left? What should I? Well, I mean, be looking at here. Let's say you'll play one. I'll play one. You'll play one. I'll play one. I'm gonna play two more. And you're going to play I get two. Yeah, you're going to play two. Then we'll do some promoting. Uh, and then you can play us out. So you have three. I have three. Okay, well, yeah. then I'm going to. Uh, do I want to do that? Let me see here. Okay. This is good just for comedy value, I guess. Um, so when I was in college, um, you know, and buying cassettes and things like that, there was this band. Do you remember this band called uh, Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper? You familiar with that at all? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he have a song about Martha Quinn? He did. Stuff yeah. in Martha's Muffin. Stuff in Martha's Muffin. <laughs> he also later had um, Debbie Gibson is Pregnant with My Two-Headed Love Child, yeah. songs like that. But anyway, hey, this, I, the, uh, one of the cassettes that I had uh, was this album called Bodacious, and in the big hit song... That's about boobs. Yeah, there you go. The big hit song was Elvis is Everywhere. Okay. And then and that led off side one, and then side two was this song called Gin Guzzlin' Frenzy, and it's almost exactly the same song musically now, was this guy was this guy a serious musician or was was he like a ray stevens or a or a, you know what i mean what i mean all the songs that people ever always mention sound like they're funny like parody yeah, it, type it was very not parodies but original comedy songs it was very jokey it was called the style was called psychobilly okay what they called it oh, and it was very jokey but i think there was like some real effort to play like a certain style of music well yeah. in that case you know that's kind yeah. of like old not saying they weren't good musicians they yeah. were just well you might say that. All right. <laughs> Name the song. Tell so us the song. The in. song is called Gin Guzzlin' Frenzy. And if you're familiar with Elvis is Everywhere, you will hear that it is almost exactly the same song. Okay. Oh, this sounds just like Elvis is Everywhere. Have you ever heard that song? Oh, if you did. Man, how y'all doing out Not there? Fun. It's fun. When you're in college, that's a good time. Yeah, because you drink. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I got to say apologies to some people. I'm going to apologize to the Ramones. My favorite Ramones album that isn't, you know, one of their classic first three albums is uh, I Love Pleasant Dreams, and I love the song She's a Sensation, so goodbye to She's a Sensation. I'm also going to say, because I played this song before, but uh, Queen, A Day at the Races, side two kicks off with Somebody to Love. And for me, mm. I mean, I'll take that song over Bohemian Rhapsody any day of the week. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough choice now. So I'll just play a song. This is from Aerosmith's self-titled de- self-titled debut. This is Mama Kin.
Steven Tyler's voice is so different back then. Right. It's not, it's not better or worse. It's just, he's just sings, singing different. I don't know what, I can never put my finger on it. It's the scarf. It's a scar- <laughs> you think his scarf's too tight? Strangling him. That's probably it. I think you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you an Aerosmith fan? I like the earlier stuff. I love, I That's love that earlier. Said. Everyone yeah. always says that, and yeah. yet they were their most successful with those 80s albums. Oh, yeah. Because they, they learned the formula, right? Yeah. <laughs> they figured it out. You call Desmond Child and Diane Warren, and you sit in a room, yeah. and you write a couple of pop songs, and you get some slick production and yeah. sell some records. Stop but, doing drugs, Kyle. Stop drinking and shooting up. But I think like Sweet Emotion is one of my favorite songs. It's a great song. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's hard to get, you you don't get to, it's so funny. You would think you would get sick of Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion, and then for some reason, you kind of don't. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. So this is another. This is a very current band, and I wanted to play this because I want to give a shout out here. I used to live in Louisville, Kentucky, one of the places I lived, mm-hmm. and this band is from Louisville. And they're called White Reaper, and their second album is called White Reaper Does It Again. Okay. And this is the uh, leadoff of the of side two. And I wanted to play it specifically because I think you, knowing knowing your musical taste, okay. and like Cheap Trick and stuff like yeah. that, I think you're really gonna like this song. It's called Candy. Has that sort of late 70s power pop kind of sound, right? Yeah. But you're it's into. cool. So, yeah. Great band. Um, there's just too much music. That's the problem. Like, I can't, I can't go get into that band now. I don't have time. They only have two albums. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I'll, I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. All right. Uh, before I forget, the artwork, Facebook artwork for this episode will be done by uh, Phil Dufour. Thank you, Phil, for doing that. I haven't seen it yet. Don't know what it's going to be like. It's always a surprise when that comes across my, uh, my email. This is a tough choice right now. I'm, it's, I'm, down, I'm down to the kinks and the police. Ooh. Can I now, pick? if you said I can only pick, well, you, don't, you don't know what song that could be. I still have a good idea which one I'm going to like better. Uh, you, you would pick the kinks. Absolutely. Now, if you said uh, you, can only, you, can only, you have to throw out CDs, you can only keep the CDs by this band or that man, band, well, obviously it would be the kinks. Not only do they have way more music than the police, but... Uh, but I don't. But if I had to, if you took the five police albums and the five best Kinks albums, I would have a tough time. I really think those five police albums are. are you do you not like the Police? Okay, so earlier I said I don't like to criticize bands. Okay, but I'm going to break. Say, but I'm going to break. Say if you like a band. Yeah. Or not. Well, no. Here's the thing. I'm actually. I'm going to. I'm going to make an exception here. Okay. I really liked the Police a lot when I was in high school. Okay. But I, over time, I have liked them less and less. And part of that might just be because of Sting. Sting. Okay. And just how awful he just he's not is. a nice guy yeah, Pre- just pompous just so, pretentious yeah yeah and, and when he's playing the lute and stuff like that yeah. you're just like come on you're supposed to be a rock star but i but going back over the police albums what i've what i think is here here's my theory on sting i think every album starting with the police mm-hmm. and going through his solo work is a little bit worse than the one before hmm that's interesting 
And so that's just sort of my feeling. Like I love, like the first police album I think is great. The second one, maybe not as much yeah. so. And they just kind of progressively get worse, including Synchronicity. I don't, I don't look back fondly on that album much at all, anymore at all. Maybe that's because Sting gets further up his own ass. That's exactly, I think exactly <laughs> oh, oh, it. Oh, language, Kyle. We don't fucking swear on the show. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you what then. I was going to play a song that I love called... Uh, Kids would like this song, too, because it, sound, it sounds like a kid who can't talk. Da-do-do-do-da-da-da-da. Uh, I was going to play that, <laughs> but I'll get rid of that. It sounds, like, it sounds like baby talk. So apologies to the police, because uh, I'm deferring to, uh, to Jim. And I'm going to play. This is, this is from one of the Kinks' uh, big uh, arena rock 80s albums. This is from 1981, Give the People What They Want. And this song uh, is Destroyer. Met a girl called Lola and I took her back to my place Feeling guilty, feeling scared, hidden cameras everywhere Stop! Hold on Stay in control Girl, I want you here with me But I'm really not as cool as I'd like to be Cause there's a red under my bed And there's a little yellow man in my head And there's a true blue Inside of me, they keep stopping me, touching you, watching you, loving you. Paranoia, the destroyer. When uh, when the Kings got when the Kings got signed to Arista Records, and they stopped doing, um, I don't I, I don't I'm not a big fan of the period where it was a um, it was a concept album, right? Every time I like certain songs on those, but I didn't like those albums as a whole, right? But I really, really dug uh, Sleepwalker and Misfits oh. and Low Budget, Give the People What They Want, State of Confusion. I mean, the whole way, the Arista albums, love it so much. Yeah, one of my favorite bands ever. Great and, I, band. and I like that he was, he was okay with name-checking Lola and doing, doing, doing a song, a new song that sounds like a remixing a bunch of old licks and stuff. So I really, I really did like that, and I do love this album top to bottom. So before you play us out, Jim. Yes. Where can we find you on Twitter? So you can find me at Jay Lenahan. That's J-L-E-N-A-H-A-N. And you can also find our show at Dad Rock Show. And what, where can we find Patrick Foster? Um, you know, he's usually like sleeping in a ditch somewhere. Gotcha. Thing like that. And yeah. by the way, wasn't it nice to do a show without, without you having to pull that dead weight along? Oh, absolutely. Okay, are you good. kidding me? I just I've been thinking about that. going solo for Fan, some time. Fantastic. So, yeah. Um, and you guys are on iTunes? Yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all that stuff. Great. Wherever you find podcasts. great podcasts like Rock Solid, you can find <laughs> Dad Rock. Oh, well, thank you. Um, Kyle, you are at Kyle Dotson Funny. You yep. have any, are you going to book this? Uh, is this comedy show going to be a reoccurring thing that you do? Yeah, it's going to be, the next one's going to be October 29th. Are you going to use any of our poker buddies on the show or are you just going to keep it with young kids? I don't know. Maybe I'll ask. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Jim came very prepared today. Uh, is he more prepared than some of our regular co-hosts? Yes. Who would not be prepared? Murray. Okay. Um, you can find me at Pat underscore Francis. You can find the show uh, at Rock Solid Show. You can read Andrew Rich's uh, fantastic show notes at Rock Solid po- at uh, Rock Solid Podcast dot com. Um, we got a donation button there. Uh, buy a T shirt. Uh, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and just keep listening. And uh, and we love it. And we love uh, doing the show. And now I'm in a, in a loop of words that I can't get out of. Jim, thank you for being here. Thank you for anytime, having me. Anytime you're in LA, please 
tell me and we can do this again. And um, you can pick a topic next time if you want. I'll let you full on pick a topic. Cool. Uh, what are you going to play us out with? Well, thanks for having me on what's probably your least funny show ever. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, because what would be another co-host that wouldn't have been funny, Kyle? Oh, Murray. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just set you up, which is great. Um, so thank you for that. And um, what I want to, yeah, so play out. My all-time favorite band is The Replacements. Okay. And on their the album. The Yes, the mats, exactly. <laughs> and on their album, Tim, they have this, this incredibly anthemic song called Bastards of the Young okay. that leads off side two. Excellent. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Thanks Kyle. <laughs>